Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. In the name of God, who makes a way in the wilderness, walks with us, and guides us in our pilgrimage. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. God of compassion, you welcome the wayward, you embrace us all with your mercy. By our baptism, clothe us with garments of your grace and feed us at the table of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. Have you ever lost something that was very important to you? I think we can all say yes to that. Sometimes uh, schools, libraries, public buildings have a lost and found, and there are some things that I've seen in lost and founds before. Um, I don't know if we have one in our building. It's kind of just the office. We don't have a specific box. But things I've seen are coats, mittens, one shoe, Things that seem kind of important to be lost. <laughs> it's cold here a lot. Oh, glasses is a big one. Yep. Now, have you ever found something that you lost? If so, I want you to think about how it felt when you found it. Recently, I just happened to be cleaning out the glove box of my car and found a very important record that I thought I had thrown away. I felt very accomplished in finding that. Like, maybe I'm a grown-up now. In our gospel today, Jesus tells a story about a man who lost something that was very precious to him. He tells a story of a man who had two sons, and the younger son asked, to give him, asked his father to give him his share of the money that he would get when his father died. And the father gave it to him. The boy left home to go out and see the world and do whatever he wanted. And the father was brokenhearted. He had lost one of his sons. It wasn't long before that boy had wasted all of his money, and he had no money to buy anything to eat. So he got a job feeding pigs, which was smelly and gross. But the boy was so hungry that even the rotten food he fed the pigs looked good to him. He looked around at the mess he had gotten himself into, and the boy said to himself, my father's servants live better than this. I will return home and beg for the forgiveness of my father and ask him to take me back as a hired servant. As the boy approached his father's house, his loving father, who had been watching and hoping for his son's return, saw him coming and ran to meet him. He threw his arms around the boy, hugged and kissed him, and the father was so happy that he returned that he gave him a robe and placed a ring on his finger. He ordered his servants to prepare a feast. And he said, my son was dead and now he is alive. He was lost and now he is found. Jesus tells this story to show the kind of love that God has for his children. When one of God's children strays away, he always welcomes them home with open arms when they return. Aren't you glad that we have a heavenly father 
who loves us, even if we may not deserve it? I know that I am. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your unconditional love and unending forgiveness. We are thankful that even when we stray away, you welcome us home with open arms. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as you are able. Let us together welcome the gospel. Jesus tells a parable about a son who ponders his father's love only after he has spurned it. The grace he receives is beyond his hopes. That same grace is a crisis for an older brother who believes it is his obedience that has earned his place in the father's home. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you. 
I have never disobeyed your, your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Give us eyes to see you clearly. Make us children of your light. Give us hearts to live more nearly as your gospel shining bright. As your gospel shining bright. Maybe seated planning to do the standing today, but it's not going to happen this week. There's a podcast that I listen to that I know I've, I've referenced before here. It's called The Hidden Brain. Anybody else listen to it besides Brad? Yeah. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of good stuff. Some, some speak to me more than others. But there's one uh, that talks about how it was part of a series, how we, we assume so much because of what we know about ourselves and what we don't know about other people that when we engage with other people, we think we know a lot more about them than we do. And we take for granted the things we know about ourselves. They can, they've done these studies where people talk to each other for a few minutes and then ask, you know, do you feel like you got a good sense of who this person is? Yes. Do you feel like they got a good sense of who you are? No. Because we know how much more is going on. We know our backstories. We know, we know what we're thinking. We know what we're thinking about what we're thinking. And all of that is about our tendency to not just see our lives from our own perspective, because that is, in fact, the only perspective you can see your life from, right, is your own. But remembering that it's your own perspective and that another's perspective is different and just as rich as yours is a little bit harder. We can listen to other people as they tell their stories about their perspectives. We can feel for them and with them. We may have analogous experiences, but we're always gonna see life from our own perspective. And this story is about brothers who forget about each other's perspectives. What's going on with the other one, right? Now, I don't know which of these you, you identify more with today, but of the two brothers, but the one who's asking for his inheritance, first of all, that is so insulting, right? It's even more insulting in this culture at this time than it would be if one of my kids asked for an inheritance. Well, they're not getting anything, but asked for an inheritance. It's, it's, it, it, not only is it insulting, it's 
It's dishonorable. The father would have lost honor by the son asking that. And sometimes we hear people say, or maybe we have said, I didn't raise them like that. Because we don't want to be dishonored by something that, that our, our um, offspring are doing that we don't want credit for. And so, so the son does this insulting thing. He's out doing what he's doing. He's not thinking about the brother that's working hard at home, keeping things going, being faithful. If he does, I guess I've been on that side of the fence sometimes, he's thinking, yeah, he's a goody two-shoes, and, you know, he's happy to be doing everything and getting all the approval, whatever, more power to him. Um, I'm going to have fun, but obviously he's the one that's respected. And the one that's at home is thinking he's out partying, he's wasting away, he, I mean, it says dissolute living. And then the, the, the other brother expands on it a little bit. Just recently, okay, and I'm, I'm in my 50s, just recently, it dawned on me that my brother may have had experiences of our childhood that were profound and powerful and different from mine. Seriously. I was talking to him, and it was like, oh, it never dawned on me that you felt like that. I mean, it like really never dawned on me that he felt like that. At the same time, I was very frustrated that he never saw my point of view. In my early 50s. So here is just an example of the way that we focus on our own perspective. And we do this in a global sense, because Jesus is telling this parable to the Pharisees and the scribes who are grumbling about Jesus eating with the tax collectors and the sinners, right? It's a matter of look at their perspective. But there's a flip side to it, too. It's also encouraging the tax collectors and the sinners to consider the perspective of the brother that stayed home. Reconciliation is about both of them valuing each other, valuing the, the relationship with the father and valuing the return. Because the younger son isn't the only one who's lost. The older son is, or I think he's older, the, the, the goody two-shoes son is also lost. He's lost because he's failing to appreciate the relationship and the nurturing and the security that goes with having been with his father the whole time, right? The father says, um, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. And he's missing out on that because he's focused on what he thinks is going on with the other brother. Without any clue about the other brother's shame, any clue about the other brother's hunger. I don't know if anybody in here has ever been that hungry. And you know when this story is told, I might have said this before, when this story is told in communities that deal with food insecurity and hunger, that piece is what's noticed the most, is the hunger. How do I get, how do I get fed? I'm dying here. This is not, not a whimsical thing. He's starving. And so the one that's at home has no concept of that. He says he's, you know, throws it away with, with um, prostitutes. 
Well, maybe. But there was a whole lot of other stuff, too. Being willing to eat the pig's food. And so not only is the father dishonored by this, but we're supposed to realize, I mean, pigs are unclean, right, in Judaism. So feeding the pigs, being with the pigs, being willing to, to uh, eat what the pigs are being fed, that is as low as he can go. We know he's not thinking about the other brother who's at home working. There's also, I think, a piece of the father that's lost. Because he is dishonored by both sons, and his love is not valued by either son. They're both wasting it. One of the things that we're told to think about in, in um, the, the need for uh, acknowledgement of systemic racism in the United States and the, the place we are in it is, is to recognize that if you are white, First of all, that's the only experience you've had, right? If you are white, there are things that have gone easier for you and for me than for every person of color, especially Native, Native Alaskan, Native American, and black people. So we're asked to think about that. When we're asked to think about that, I've been told repeatedly the question is not, am I racist? Because nobody wants, nobody wants to be racist. Nobody, I mean, that's, it's, such a, it's such a painful word. But the question is, in what ways am I benefiting from racism? In what ways am I perpetuating racism? So it's not about wearing a label, it's saying that we all participate in this system. Just like we all exist in a sinful world. There's brokenness in our world and, and we're broken with it. Well, I want you to think about in what ways am I squandering God's grace? In what ways? And not in what ways, okay, not me. Obviously, I'm asking you to look at yourselves. It, it would not be, I would not probably be receptive to everybody here telling me what ways I'm squandering God's grace, at least not for a few hours after worship. Anyway, um, looking at yourselves. But the temptation is to think about what, what ways we have squandered God's grace in the past. And that's only helpful if it causes a change in course for you. Otherwise, when you confess it and are forgiven, you are forgiven, let it go. That's yesterday. Because I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have. You're not even being sympathetic to your own perspective at that point. But there's, there's some way today that you're, you're wasting something, a gift that's been given you. Maybe it's, it's the confidence that you will always have something to eat. 
Maybe it's the confidence that you are loved. Maybe it's relationship and a time in a relationship that you will not always have. Maybe it's a physical ability that you may not always have. A job, a particular gift that you've been given, a particular opportunity to learn. I mean, you know the complexity of your lives that I cannot possibly know the richness of. But there's something in that that is this turning away, either squandering God's love by not paying attention or squandering God's love by paying attention to what everybody else is doing and thinking that they're not entitled to that amount of love. And then coming up with all the rationale about why. Why they don't belong. Why they're, why they're not allowed. Why they have, shouldn't be given a second chance. Why they don't count. This is about, it's sometimes called the prodigal father which is a little bit of a misnomer because prodigal means wasteful, wasting. At the very least, it should be called the prodigal sons, plural, so that we recognize that, that there are many ways for us to disregard. And then also notice that for both sons, the father goes out to them, right? Not just the one that's coming back from almost starving, but the father goes out to the one who's standing there grumbling. God's grace is poured out, reaching out, running towards. It's not even dignified. I mean, the father's already been shamed by the younger son, but running towards a child is undignified. And yet, the father does that, which is the way that God loves us. And God says, come into the party. Come into the party. Here's what, my, here's what my grace means. But come on in. And I've heard people say, you know, and the, the other son wouldn't go in. Well, the story doesn't say that. It's left open under. So you being, putting yourself somewhere in this story, I, I invite you to go in, come in at the Father's Invitation. Because no matter how much somebody else gets, there's plenty for you as well. Please join me as we recite the Apostles' Creed. I believe, believe in God, God, the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Draw close to the heart of God.
We offer these prayers for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Jesus formed the, the disciples in the ways of extravagant mercy and profound welcome. Lead your church to be a community marked by forgiveness, hospitality, and celebration. Send us to transform a world plagued by fear and condemnation. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You make the land to produce a harvest that sustains your entire creation. Equip farmers and farm workers who will till the soil, nourish the earth with ample rainfall and abundant sunshine, heal grounds tainted by pollution or misuse. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Countries are divided and leaders often harbor grudges. Reconcile nations that experience conflict, especially Russia and Ukraine, Israel, Palestine. Act quickly to bring an end to war. Anoint peacemakers trained in the art of diplomacy. Foster a spirit of collaboration among political rivals. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Your people cry for help in times of distress. Resolve disagreements among family members. Save those experiencing financial hardship. Hear our prayers for those who are sick or grieving. Console us with the promise that everything can become new. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Your love comes to us when a table is set and a feast is prepared. Bless the feeding ministries of this congregation, the RLC Food Pantry, and those who donate food. Bring an end to hunger in our community and around the world. Merciful God, receive our prayer. The one who was dead is alive again. We give thanks for those who have died, confident that steadfast love surrounds them. Shelter them in your love until we are gathered at your heavenly banquet. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Accept the prayers we bring, O God, on behalf of a world in need, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Let us pray. Extravagant God, you have blessed us with the fullness of creation. Now we gather at your feast where you offer us the food that satisfies. Take and use what we offer here. Come among us and feed us with the body and the blood of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. You are children of God, anointed with the oil of gladness, and strengthened for the journey. Almighty God, motherly, majestic, and mighty, bless you this day and always. Amen. Go in peace. Jesus meets you on the way. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.